taking my time on my ride. These aren't my favorite songs. They're not even necessarily the best songs, but rather my life as a playlist. When you remember the 90s, what images come to mind first? Baby doll dresses? Teen Nick? Game Boys? Well, I love all things 90s. It's my favorite decade of pop culture. What I remember most is the music. The golden age of hip-hop from my early 90s high school years. Nirvana making grunge mainstream. But most of all, I love the divas. From Britney to Whitney to Mariah to Aaliyah to the Spice Girls and so many more. When I wanted to feel alive, feel empowered, sexy, heard, I turned to these incredible and inspiring artists who put lyrics, style, and a voice to my love, my pain, and even my boredom. I started the decade when I was 14 and ended it at 23. So my first kiss, first sexual experience, first heartbreak, first time becoming a mother all happened to a 90s diva soundtrack. If you too love 90s diva, stick around because in today's episode, we're going to discuss two of my favorite songs, Someday and Baby One More Time, from two of my favorite artists, Mariah Carey and Britney Spears, both of whom revolutionized pop and influenced a generation of pop stars and their fans. In this show, I'm going to break down the songs themselves, take a trip down memory lane into the musical styles, fashions, and the events that began and ended the 90s. And hopefully, you won't hold it against me if I act a bit self-indulgent in sharing why these two songs made the top 64 of Who Made Me, Me. Mariah Carey's Someday was released in December 1990. It was the third single from her self-titled debut album, Went Gold, was nominated by the American Music Association for Favorite Dance Single of the Year, and was her eighth best-selling track of all time. It encapsulated the new Jack Swing style that fused rap and hip-hop, which used drum machines and samples, and was similar in style to Janet Jackson, Belle Biv DeVoe, Bobby Brown, and so many others who dominated the airwaves. For our Gen X listeners, a trip down memory lane, and for the millennials and Gen Zers, let me be the annoying mom indulging the back-in-my-day rhetoric for a moment. In December 1990, the end of the first year of the 90s, George W. Bush was president. The Persian Gulf War was about to begin. The world's first web browser, website, and server went live. The internet was about to take off. Who could have predicted where we'd be today with a Twitter president, deepfakes, and the normalization of conspiracy theories? My high school class of 1994 was near the last, where parents couldn't track us on cell phones, and we were only concerned with real-life popularity instead of cultivating an online persona for likes. But as I say this, I sound like an old woman ranting about kids these days, when in reality, I love the internet and social media. And I'm digressing too far anyway. So, back to December 1990, and me, a freshman girl at a private Catholic high school my nana was kind enough to send me to, even though I didn't appreciate it, and ended up failing out at the end of that year and going to public school the next, wearing my Gap jeans, express shirts, black boots, with teased hairsprayed hair. Because even though the 90s had started, I was in Pittsburgh, and I love you, Pittsburgh, but we have to admit, we were a few years behind the coast fashion-wise. Anyway, it's freshman year, and I have my first real boyfriend. 
a lanky six-foot-four-inch curly-haired boy with braces who went to the co-ed public school a block up the street, and who, despite being a football player and a swimmer, was every bit as nerdy as me. Neither one of us had any idea what we were doing. So, what we did was sit near the train tracks after school in an isolated spot overlooking downtown Pittsburgh, full of angst, hormones raging, wondering who would have the courage to make the first move. He had a major crush on Mariah, her posters lining the wall of his room, and I used to tease him and tell him that Whitney was clearly the superior diva. And we'd go back and forth about various metrics. As I said, I was a music-loving nerd even at 14. And one day, as we sat side by side, shoulders grazing at those train tracks, he looked off in the distance to the city. I had a giant knot in my stomach. It appeared he was going to say something really romantic, and as an insecure girl who had never had a boy say anything remotely romantic to her before, my heart started pounding. After what felt like an eternity, he turns to me and says, Sarah, I wouldn't leave you for anybody. My heart pounds so loud that he must hear it. Unless Mariah Carey was at the other end of those train tracks, I'd only leave you for Mariah Carey. Remember, He's also 14. He'd never had a real girlfriend before, and I think he thinks he is being romantic. I just give him a shy smile as I plot Mariah's demise in my head. So, as vision of love and love takes time dominates the airwaves, I pay no mind. Even as I faithfully listened to Casey Kasem every Sunday morning, recorded my favorite songs from the radio, and pretended I was a DJ. Mariah who? And then one day, I turn on MTV, and there is Mariah with her spirally curls, big hazel brown eyes, black bodysuit, pure perfection, then beat hits. And you'd leave me for her? Really? Ah, hell, I'd leave me for her. I'd leave you for her. She was mesmerizing, and I fell for her hard. Hell, if I was second place to Mariah Carey, I must have been incredible. I wasn't a comp professor yet and was unfamiliar with the term parasocial relationship, but Mariah was my first. I loved her, but more than that, I wanted to be her best friend. I wanted to be her. I wanted her confidence, her grace, her superior talent. I wanted to walk into a room and command attention, rather than walking in like the anxious, neurotic mess I was. And I wanted to tell a boy who made the mistake of leaving me that the only one he gave away would be the only one he'd be wishing for. But in reality, I'd find myself in horrible relationships, forgive grave wrongs, and often blame myself for my own mistreatment. But I could change my outward appearance much easier than my internal mess. So I spiral permed my hair, I bought the bodysuits, I played her albums on repeat, and have subsequently listened to every single song she has ever released. And She's the only artist on my top 64 who appears twice. Her self-titled album, Butterfly album, and The Emancipation of Mimi are all on my top 20 of all time. I could do an entire podcast full of shows, memories, and associations with Mariah Carey songs. Crushes, falling in love, heartbreaks, parenting, finding my power as a woman, but that would be a bit too obsessive, so I won't. While I have more to say about the Someday video, I'm going to segue from the diva who set the tone for the 90s to the pop queen who let us out of it 
by bursting onto the scene and ushering in 21st century pop. What Mariah Carey is to us late Gen Xers and Xennials, Britney is to Millennials. Baby One More Time was released in October 1998. The year Bill Clinton was impeached for his affair with Monica Lewinsky, more troops were sent to the Persian Gulf because what defines the U.S. even more than pop culture is interventionism and the war machine. The Sopranos debuted on HBO and Blair Witch premiered at Sundance. Baby One More Time hit number one in 18 countries, was the best-selling song of 1999, and its video was voted the best of the entire decade by Billboard. And if I were to throw out names of popular 90s songs, maybe you'd remember the artists, maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd remember the music videos, and maybe you wouldn't. But I'm quite certain that with the mere mention of Baby One More Time, you remember exactly where you were. The first time you saw Britney in her Catholic schoolgirl skirt, tapping her pencil and waiting for the bell to chime. I happened to be in a crappy apartment in a suburb of Pittsburgh, a 22-year-old mom in a terrible relationship with my then three-year-old daughter's father. We had barely any furniture, except for the curved middle part of a black sectional couch our friends had discarded. We slept on blankets on the floor in the living room because the television was in there and we didn't have a bed. My daughter's father was unemployed, and when he didn't leave her with his mother to pretend he was looking for a job, he would watch her. I worked an early 7-3 to three shift, so I come home to a messy house. She was three after all. The faint smell of weed the stronger smell of cigarettes, and Carson Daly's TRL on the TV. On this particular day, Britney's video, which would later be named by TRL as their most iconic video ever, had just started. I was transfixed from beginning to end. I didn't want to be Britney's best friend. Maybe a part of me had wanted to be her as a nerdy kid, but at 22 that ship had long sailed. However, I knew I was witnessing something groundbreaking. I was watching an icon for the new generation of middle and high schoolers who would one day dance along to this song at weddings and high school reunions and nostalgic nights out with her girlfriends drinking rosé. I was charmed by her charisma, and it brought me back to when I first saw Someday. Because while Mariah and Brittany are two very different types of divas, Mariah is clearly the more talented singer and Britney clearly the more talented dancer and performer. There are lots of similarities between the two videos. Go ahead and pause this recording for a few minutes if you're not in a car or at work, but stuck at home quarantining, and play the video for someday, and then the video for Baby One More Time. I promise the trip down memory lane is awesome, and this diversion is well worth eight minutes of your time. And note how many similarities you find between the two videos. Good, you're back. And you notice lots? Awesome. The most obvious one is that each features a fashion icon, Mariah Carey in her spiral curls, black bodysuit and jeans, and Brittany in her pigtails, white button-down shirt, although Mariah is thinking back to her schoolgirl days, whereas Brittany is actually 16 years old and in high school. Each video features their memories, their fantasies, dancing in the school hallways, basketball playing in the school gym. Each tells the story of a girl getting over her first real heartbreak, remembering an ex. However, 
Raya's tone is more sass queen, singing, the one you gave away will be the only one you're wishing for. Whereas Brittany is more lamenting and wistful, singing, my loneliness is killing me, and I must confess, I still believe. Mariah Carey has the powerful voice, showcasing those whistle notes near the end of the song. Themed obnoxious by my youngest daughter, but for me, one of the major reasons I fell in love with her. Britney's range is more limited, and unfortunately, Britney's deep, natural voice was deemed unfit for the pop persona her label wanted to market, and so she was forced to adopt the high, nasally, breathy voice she's known for. However, when it comes to choreography, Britney is clearly superior. Her dance moves tighter, more complicated. She even does her own gymnastics stunts. Britney, with her rock-hard abs and teen angst, destroyed grunge in that high school hallway and returned teen pop to the top of the pop charts, with rock arguably not having a resurgence until the post-9-11 band MCR brought in the emo era of the early 2000s. Here in 2020, as a 43-year-old mother of three adult children and a college professor, Mariah and Brittany take me back to my freshman year of high school, insecure and in love for the first time, and to age 22 and a single mom, knowing I needed to find the strength to leave an abusive relationship. I'm a bit sad knowing that each of these brilliant and supremely talented women suffer from mental health issues. Not because it's sad to suffer from mental health issues, but that these issues were exacerbated by those who took advantage of their talent and labor. I'm like Brittany and Mariah and hundreds of thousands of other powerful women who have also suffered from nervous breakdowns brought on by trauma from my childhood and young adult years. And like both of them, I've also been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and accused of being overdramatic, high-strung, histrionic. I'm grateful to both of them that when I'm in my dark place or just need some bops to listen to while I'm cooking or cleaning, that we have their huge catalogs of work, that we can sing at the top of our lungs and drown out the outside world. Baby One More Time hits just as hard in 2020 as it did in 1998, and nobody has come close to matching Mariah Carey's unparalleled vocal talent, except for maybe Ariana Grande, the best diva of the 2010s. But that's for another day. So, which of these two divas and songs is your favorite? If I had to vote, I'd cop out a little bit. Mariah Carey for best vocals, Britney Spears for best video. If you enjoyed today's show, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at lifeasaplaylist or email me at lifeasaplaylist at gmail.com and tell me who will stay in your Spotify or Apple Music rotation for life. What do you love about music? To begin with, everything. <laughs>